What is going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Depressed Reds podcast. And today we have one special guest. You all, you all, you all probably know him. His name's Ayan Khan, avid United fan, St. Chris alumni, Bahrain national cricketer, and a uh, reappearing guest from last last episode, Tanmit Dave. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, guys. And yeah, today we, we obviously we just released the episode regarding the Brentford game and the Liverpool preview. So this would be a little more off the pitch concentrated if you sort of get the gist. But this will be more on the consortium talks involving Michael Knighton, an investment firm from New York, and a general rant on why the structure at United is all over the place. And we will also concentrate on the latest flurry of news regarding the Frankie de Jong deal why United aren't able to attract players and a few more stories which involve Moussa Dembele, Vardy, Cunha, Casimir, etc. So yeah, let's get into it. So we are going to start off with a look at the, the transfer news of the past few days and a lot has come out regarding the Frankie Diong deal. Everyone has, Everyone's already a bit tired regarding how long it's taken. We had Jared Romero coming out and saying that the deal was 95% done back at the beginning of June and we're still here because now the deal's apparently expired, to put it in weird words, I don't really understand. And a lot a lot of news has come out regarding the striker position, Ronaldo leaving. It, it's, it's utter chaos within United and there's also news of Richard Arnold and Murtaugh going to Ed Woodward and asking for help. It's too much for my brain to handle. I'm going to give it to Ayan to talk about this a bit more. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit of a mess, generally. I think, yes, it's good. It's good intervention. And it's finally time that somebody shows some interest in taking the club off the Glazers. Because the Glazers have just created an atmosphere that's so negative that you can see it's affected every part of the club. You need somebody to come in and just shake things up. And it's evident, you know, when ex-players are talking about it, ex-managers are talking about it, you know, diehard fans are talking about it you know you've messed up and I think it's time mm-hmm. yeah and Tanmay what are your th- thoughts on it uh, it's a circus to be really honest I mean the the game itself was a was a huge embarrassment and after that the news the news flow came in and uh, in, it just uh, we have we are linked with so we have been linked with so many players this uh, this summer and it's it's just uh, it's just a mess to be to just sum it up all up. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so super chaotic now. There's been there's been future reports about Ten Hag up willing to resign if if the United if United don't get the crap together and. Yeah, it's not looking good. It's looking very bleak. We've got probably our biggest game of the season coming up next Monday. And we're still hoping for three three reinforcements come, to come in this week. One of them presumably to be Rabio, And I don't even know about the other two. We've had a lot of striker links regarding Moussa Dembele, Vardy. Yeah, Ayan, what are your thoughts on like getting links like Vardy and all the other strikers? It's a desperation. It, it doesn't even look like a club that wants to rebuild. You know, when I think about like... If you take any other club as an example, right, you make progressive signings, right? There, there are different types of signings. You know, there are stopgap signings. You know, for example, if players are short-staffed in a position, it's a stopgap yeah. signing for a couple of seasons. But you need to make progressive signings as a club. What I don't see is any intent to make those progressive signings. 
yes, Lissandra Martinez is a step in the right direction. Young, he'll play for a while. You hope that he's going to be in the shirt for five, six seasons minimum. When you look at players like Martial who came through, we thought that these were futuristic signings. But I, I don't think we're going to get far by making stopgap signings like Vardy. You know, Inyaki Williams, is, he's 28-29. Where he might have three, four years at the top, but he's not an elite-level striker. So... I can't see the sense in it. Even with Rabio, I think, yes, is Rabio an upgrade? For sure. I mean, I wouldn't want to see Fred and McTominay the whole season, but it's not progressive. These are stopgap signings. When Ranik said that the club was having open heart surgery and you needed 10 new players, you don't need 10 stopgap signing players. You need 10 progressive players. 10 players who you know that are going to impact the club in a positive way for the future. And yes, you know, it's understandable that you make a couple of current signings because, you know, this, this squad is nowhere near good enough. Where, you know, if, if Dalo, as much as Dalo has impressed, is your starting right back without any competition from Juan Besaka, who was extremely expensive at the time, then what's the point? And this is where, you know, if we had the right owners and had the right structure, someone would intervene and just say, wait a second, wait a second, this is not the, like, direction the club should be taking it's more of a oh my god the house is on fire what do we do these are the signings you're trying to make just to please the fans and the fans aren't pleased by it you can't fool somebody by thinking oh my god Rabio is an upgrade from McTominay only for Rabio to play two seasons and leave again yeah Craig, you talked about the stopgap signings I was just thinking about it we've had at least three or four signings stop back like this temporary strikers I think these three four times we had Ibra Ibrahimovic in 2016 and 17 and then we had Igalo and then Cavani Ronaldo is a stopgap signing I think I'd also class Ronaldo as it'll be unpopular right it'll be unpopular to say it no you're correct correct. yeah how many years does Ronaldo have I mean you know if you sign a 26 27 28 year old Ronaldo it's understandable even a 32 year old Ronaldo he's 36 he's not 37 sorry so What's the point? I don't see a future where this club succeeds unless you make the right futuristic signings. Rabio, Vardy, these guys are not a solution. You know, when Benjamin Sesko's deal collapsed where United were even talking to the agents, while Benjamin Sesko isn't the greatest striker in the world, or, you know, he's unproven, he's young, I still saw so much potential and, you know, it showed some ambition because you can see the club's trying to hire for the future, trying to do something different. But Vardy isn't going to cut it. And it's not just striker links. It's not just, you know, the, the club selling or it's not this. It's it's the whole club's mentality of this stopgap fix that's actually got us here in the first place. If you think back to the time where, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson, for example, after he retired, right, David Moyes came in. Was Fellaini really a long-term signing? He wasn't no. even his first try signing. No way. Exactly. Fellaini was nowhere near a long-term signing. Correct me if I'm wrong with half of these players, right? Schneiderlin. Yes, he saw some potential in Schneiderlin. But was Schneiderlin really a world-class player? B-Tech McTominay. No. Exactly. So, when I see the history, the transfer history of this club, right? Either they're signing big players who have played in other leagues that just haven't cut it here, or they're signing players that are average Premier League level players that don't improve your squad. 
you know, if you're going to sign a random midfielder, you may as well just play Charlie Savage and Zidane Ball all season. Because Honestly, those guys at yeah. least have the promise and the potential and at least look like they have the hunger to play for the club. I don't think you can fault, you know, when you look at some of the young players in other teams, like, you know, people like Sambi Lokonga, who aren't the greatest players, right? For sure, Sambi Lokonga has had a very hard time with Arsenal. But when you see him on the pitch, he's 100%. He looks like he somewhat knows what he's doing. I see potential. But when you look at a club generally like United, these stopgap signings aren't giving the impression of a top club. Yeah, it's pathetic. And now our main marquee, or who was the main guy who was supposed to be a marquee signing for this summer, Frankie Dion. It's it's looking very bleak for in, in, in terms of his deal. And so if if we don't end up getting him, Tanme, who would be your ideal? What would your ideal summer window look like? Assuming that those funds are reassigned to our other players. I mean, if uh, I mean, are, are you asking me if we don't sign a replacement? Yeah, if we don't uh, sign the alternative. Frankie. Yeah, alternative with the money that we spend on Frankie. To be honest, uh, before the season started, I I actually rated five maybe because because only because of Lisandro Martinez because he filled three positions uh, mid, uh, a deep midfielder as left-footed centre-back and left-back position he filled three positions that's why I said five but it, now it is looking so bad uh, as the season is going moving on maybe that five has dropped to three or four maybe for me uh, and if we don't sign a midfielder I mean our our midfield looks so bleak I mean literally we are we will lose Garner in just a week I mean, how how our how are we planning to replace? Uh, we have we haven't replaced Pogba yet, right? I but mean, Ericsson gave question. in. Just... Like you're saying, this it's valid. You say you know our midfield, right? Yeah. Even after signing Ericsson, right? Who, again, I will define as a stopgap signing because Ericsson is not the player that he was with Spurs, right? Yes, he had a great comeback with Brentford, but. It looks great and, you know, a player will always look great if the team around him isn't as good as him, right? He looked a class apart because he is a class apart, but it doesn't mean he's the world-class player he once was. So even after Ericsson, right, just emphasize the point, like, you call this team a five. Like, especially, you know, when you look at that whole transfer team, it's a five, even with players like Ericsson coming in, which tells you the severity of the problem, right? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I mean, I agree with what you said that Ericsson, you can say it's a stopgap signing. But then again, uh, Tanak wanted him, right? So maybe it's not that much of a bold signing than a Tanak signing. But it's not about Ericsson or or Garner leaving. It's just incompetence from Manchester United that how we have been we. We're, uh, we have been chasing a player for 13 weeks and we are now withdrawing the offer uh, because we can't pay his deferred wages or I don't even know that if he's re- still rejecting us now there are there are, there has been reports uh, last week that he's now not rejecting us anymore and then suddenly we are withdrawing the offer but you uh, know what's so funny like you say this you mentioned this this fact that 13 weeks this transfer saga has gone on right? Yeah, exactly. doesn't this yeah. show you how Manchester United have fallen from grace in the sense that even even after Sir Alex left, right? Big, big, big players 
you know, even Tony Cruz, someone who's as good as Tony Cruz was willing to come to United until the manager changed, right? It just shows you the pull of the club. The club has a natural pull. It was one of the superpowers, and I, and I emphasize was, it was one of the superpowers of the Premier League. You know, when you when people get an offer from Liverpool nowadays or Manchester City or Chelsea, right? There's that sense yeah. of pride for a player where you think, wow, this is a this top point. team. Exactly. Yeah, this club is offering me the contract, so I'm I'm a good player. Yeah, that's maybe. what. It's just money at just this point. Like Bumper contracts, and eventually that ends up biting us, biting us in the backside. It's it not even the financial aspect that I, I find the problem. It's because remember, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the Sky Sports interview with Gary Neville recently, where he talks about specifically how Manchester United's owners, the Glazer family, with all the other owners. They spend their own finances out of their own pocket to better the club, right? There is no yeah, denying yeah. the fact that Abramovich had to spend out of his own pocket for a yeah, decade. Yeah, easily, right? easily. Chelsea and were running how, at a loss for a long time. That's how owners are meant to work. That's the whole point of being an owner. It's high risk, high reward. When your team gets rewarded because you put in the money, that's the reward you get. But the Glazer family and Gary Neville quite astutely noted this in his, you know, in his interview, where he said that the club has just been running off the generated revenue of its increasingly big fan base, right? What we buy, you know, we buy our shirts, we buy our you know, posters, is effectively paying for the wages of the club. It's paying for the players. They're not investing any money. TV rights are how we're buying players, not because the Glazer family is investing. You know, it's such a shame to see the club. No, but that's in the, the hands thing. Of- we we could be. We don't even need that sort of investment from owners. I think a lot of it is just down to we're not being allowed to use our own money with the because revenue. Because this money is going to them. Exactly. That's what we are not being allowed to use our own. It's not, we're not asking them to invest in anything. They're saying, okay, whatever money we generate, let us use that where it's needed. No, they take a 20 million dividend out every financial quarter. Imagine 20 million a quarter, right? That's 80 million a year. And then the right? 600 mil debt onto the club when they bought it. Right. Now yeah, remember yeah. this, right? 80 million pounds. Luis Diaz was how much? Do you remember? Was it 55? Uh, 50, 50, 50, 50 to 60. Yeah. 50 to yeah. 60 million, right? We've lost out on a player of Luis Diaz quality with the amount of money they've taken from the club. We and lost Mason at- Greenwood in January, by the way. Just pointing it out. And Correct, yeah. was- we, did, we did nothing to replace that. Rangel no, was we, crying we, out for a signing. He was crying, we need a striker, we need a striker. Imagine the, somebody our like just kept saying, Save the money, save the money. We'll give it to Eric Ten Hag in the summer. Yeah. Our net spend right now is like 60 million or something. Imagine and we sold like two players. Done, yeah. We've, we use Elanga, we deployed Elanga a couple of times in stopgap positions across the field. Because in the we Champions don't have League round of 16. We don't have the resources in terms of players, not in terms of financial ability. We don't have the players right now to do it. And when a club like Manchester United doesn't have players, you know you've messed up really, really badly. When I look at a City, when I look at a Tottenham, even Tottenham, Right? Tottenham three seasons ago were looking like the most laughable team on the planet. Right? When I look at Tottenham now, they've got backup in every position, right? While Sessignon and Reguillon might not have been, you know, the strongest choices, they reinforced. They got Perisic, who fits Conte's ideal, ideal team. 
right as a wing back. You've got people like you know who he's brought in this year. Fraser Forster, good backup goalkeeper, right for the Richardson. Richardson is Bissouma. Bissouma. How we didn't even compete for someone like Bissouma, but we're lining up a whole summer for someone like Declan Rice. There, Declan Rice is gonna cost upwards of a hundred million. Bissouma already. Yeah, Tottenham already have Pierre Emerick Hoiberg, and they signed Bissouma. Exactly, and now we are committed. We when we'll not even get Declan Rice. He'll probably end up going to Chelsea next summer. But we have decided. Okay, no, we're not going to spend. I think it's for like thirty million or twenty to thirty million on Bissouma, who's eighty percent of the player Declan Rice is, and uh, it's so frustrating to watch because Declan Rice is someone we've been chasing for so long since all his first season yeah. itself. Take out the fact that it's Declan Rice, right? Let's yeah. let's ignore the fact that it's Declan Rice. But we're gonna take X player here, right? The whole point of buying a player, right? Usually, is to improve upon what you already have. Correct? No. Yeah. We've so got worse want... over this window. We've got worse. That's the whole point. My point is right. If I even if I didn't look at Declan Rice, right? I'm just looking at X player. Now, if that player was better than logically McTominay and Fred and I'll stop piling the hate on Fred because at least from time to time Fred puts in a decent performance right I'll take McTominay specifically as the example I can't remember the last time except for that Manchester City game that 2-0 where I've seen McTominay really really boss a midfield and look like a threat so and every Leeds game and every Leeds game and and every Leeds game but when I look at a mid, like a midfield an ideal ideal midfield it just needs replacing with McTominay that's not hard under our current circumstances right i'm not no, even looking Declan right level it should be so simple McTominay is so average he's not hard to replace we just look at the wrong people at the wrong time do you think McTominay would start for another top 6 team he doesn't start for any team above 10th he doesn't i mean i'm not even going to go into above 10th right McTominay is the kind of player who probably would get sparse game time from Brighton. Probably. Right? From Brighton. Now, this is not a dig at Brighton because we literally just lost to them. But, you know, when you compare the stature of two clubs and their two teams, right? Being well drilled is brilliant. But with the actual player flair and talent that we have and had, we should be winning games left, right and center. You know, when you look at players like Bruno on the pitch, Sancho and their individual quality, right? even rashford on a good day with individual quality that front three or those attacking options right should complement ronaldo so well that we should be scoring four goals a game right but it's because the midfield is so weak we our attack suffers our defense back. suffers both ways we suffer and our midfield you, is like a donut it's good. useless our midfield it's isn't useless. even good so we had I mean, so much potential we've had so much potential this summer to properly rebuild because our last episode i talked about the number of rebuilds we've had in the past 6 years that itself is utterly ridiculous for a club like manchester united how many times we've had to reset how many times we have we heard every summer of oh, fun this summer is going to be a cultural reset this summer is going to be a new era for manchester united after the whole super league fiasco we had an open letter from joel glessing Yeah, we made a mistake. We are going to try to be more open. The fan share scheme and all that. That fan share scheme laid dormant for like a year, up until two weeks back when the protests again started. 
they 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 are manipulating everyone everyone falls for it as soon as that breath as that bright brighton game finished we got a load of positive pr news saying okay frankie deal is really close every united is confident everyone's confident after the brentford game loss again the news started coming in united are confident united are confident now it's taken a dutch outlet to report that the deal has expired now spanish sources are coming out to say that they are manipulating everyone and it nothing can happen until they leave they are the source so the, the sole problem of what's going on in united and now i think is a, a great segue into the consortium part of the podcast and obviously there's been a lot of talk regarding yeah. the consortium there's been a lot of movement from the british media after the interview from a british businessman michael knighton he of course had a he he almost did end up buying man united i think the 80s or the 90s for like 20 million he in fact had gotten onto the pitch at old trafford in a full united kit and started doing keepy uppies whatever to show that he's committed to united oh, and I then that that that's what he was about to he would he would he was about to buy united for 20 million in the 90s and then that deal broke through and that's why a lot of united fans are like skeptical of him because let's face it he's not really given us a lot to go on he's gone on sky sports saying we have a consortium there the money is there we just need to support but if he did i don't see why he i don't get why he's going out on twitter crying we need your support we need your support the Because support isn't going to matter support it doesn't isn't going to matter no it doesn't we the, the the protests of the against the glazers have been going on since they took over as long but as right the money now, comes in for them it doesn't matter now that but the media has come has come in now that the coverage is there now is where it makes a difference but despite the efforts of the past 15 years as the money was rolling in the money it they had they were making bank left center left right and center but now that we're, we're 20th into the second match week which is still like there's still time but it's looking very bleak and champions league revenue gone team viewer who signed after our most lucrative deal with chevrolet that was a 64 million per per year uh, deal that that deal now compared to the team viewer deals for us i think it's a 20 million difference and 2 years into that contract team viewer came out and said that we're, okay, we we don't intend to resign the deal expires on 2026 on a two on a deal which is just got into in, gone into its second year team viewer have already announced that they 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 intend to not resign that's how bad things are getting and honestly i think that's what would would that, i think that's what the glazers would be concerned about a lot more So I, think I don't know what to make of consortium. It. I think we need a cultural reset of the club in the fullest sense where I think first of all we need to be vigilant with who we bring in this time. Right? We we're getting behind this this new consortium and this new idea because we know the Glazers are bad. Where yeah. I think we as a fan base need to understand and need to make sure and we need to ask the right questions because as you can see the club does not have the current brain capacity to make good decisions we've got so amateurs think, in the important position we've got set up amateurs we've got an intern doing so this is where the club comes in this is where us as the club we are the fans we make the club this is where we come in we need to question who this is what the new consortium is so that we don't have another glazer problem and oh, yeah, once yeah. it happens right and i really do hope I really do hope this this new consortium this new idea comes to life because this club deserves more. You know, when you talk about clubs with global outreach, 
right? There are clubs like Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Manchester United, and they all fall in the same bracket. When you mention the name, even non-football watchers know who you're talking about. Yeah. And it's yeah, about yeah. time that we use this brand, and you know, show that you know we are still Manchester United, because the moment we start, you know. Calling problems upon ourselves and saying, you know what? Yes, we can see that there are problems. You can see that there are issues, which, with Ranić and with, uh, you know, especially with Ten Hag, they have had to publicly face. You know, as a club, every PR person in the club would be saying, please don't say that. But we just ended up firing a whole PR team after our after we and after we finished with the, our worst season ever in the Premier League. It's After good for everyone, reset, but we need to understand. I think it's just a club-wide reset with a new consortium that we need to trust, and we need to know as a fan base that our interests are protected. You know, right. it took season ticket holders to call off the Arnautovic deal. They were gonna go through with it, which shows you how the club is suffering. And funnily enough, that was one of the quickest deals we would have ever done if that came through. The, ga- the, the news ironic. came out on an yeah, afternoon yeah. and it was very yeah. close in the evening. It's ironic that with this club specifically, it, it's 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 just such a shame that it's fallen to this level. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to think about where we are right now. And ultimately, I, I, I talked about this in the last episode. In terms of outcomes for this season, I don't care. If we uh, if we end up like finishing eighth or something, ultimately the best the best outcome is intense pressure on the Glazers to leave. If they if there's any indication of them selling this season, that is probably the biggest the biggest victory we can take out of it. Because in terms of a sporting project, the tools are not there. The, there is nothing that can be built on unless there is a change in the structure behind, as Ian said, a reset. But not in, not any of the Resets filled with bull crap that we've been doing for the past six years. A reset from the stru- within the structure. A reset of the players. We've just got a new coach who's who's meant to be our messiah, and he's he's going into a season with his hands tied, and that ultimately is the main issue with the Glazers. People will tell you, yeah, but they've been spending a billion, but but they don't they don't look into who they're spe- spending the billion to. We would have just given 200k a week to someone like Arnautovic. It's shambolic, but yeah, there's been a lot of talk about New York investment firms and things like that. But honestly, I don't know what to make of it. Tanmay, what do you think? Yeah, on the Glazers thing, actually, uh, actually, this my whole Michael Knighton thing. Uh, we can't tell uh, for sure that. If is the right fit because we don't know. I, I personally, Correct, yeah. for for me, I'm talking. I I I didn't I didn't know his name before he did 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 that interview. But because we are so uh, we are so frustrated with the current ownership, we are we just want the change. Uh, I mean, let's say uh, that uh, the thing is the rec- on the recruitment structure uh, as we speak. I said it. I think in the second episode also that our scouting was still fine enough. Our recruitment was just terrible. I mean, we, now we are hearing reports from the from Samuel Luckers only that Joel Glazer is uh, intending, like in this Ronaldo situation, uh, Joel Glazer is in, 
coming in into the frame and stopping uh, stopping ronaldo from leaving stopping his transfer and tenag has already approved his transfer i mean that that's that's the main pro- i'm not against ronaldo it's not about ronaldo leaving or we are betraying ronaldo or we are not respecting the club legend it's it's about it's about glazers that they are still barging in going against the manager's wish heard i also i also heard that in 2020 that uh, when when you remember when we were linked with thiago uh, the yeah, whole yeah. scenario when he was going to leave correct ha, that deal broke over like one that, that yeah i think mapete said that that the yeah, 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 collapsed yeah, on the basis of one year yeah three uh, years he wanted a four year deal we and we offered full pleasure came yeah. in and he, he gave a three year deal and he he didn't agree to that i mean it, it's the small margins that we just miss out on such a call i mean if we had thiago we would have, we would not be uh, complaining about why are we not signing signing a midfielder i mean it, it it's a it's a very bad situation at dortmund all we can hope from a new ownership that is that they put a good recruitment structure in they sign good first team quality players or the young players who can become first team quality we are we are signing players who are just replacements as to be honest i mean look at the links at the moment it's i mean we, we finished the transfer transfer thing but it's linked that why are we so bad with the whole recruitment structure and why do we need the uh, new ownership it's 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 a uh, very bad situation and whoever the new owner comes uh, whoever is the new owner we want a new recruitment structure a modernized recruitment structure like city and liverpool because we can't compete like this we are light years away from them and to reach at that level it will take time it will take like maybe 5 years minimum yeah I, yeah, I, yeah i, I was saying 10 i mean i was saying 10 but whatever time it will take time it's, it will not be a quick process it will be it, it will be a very painful process for every united fan to be honest yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a long road and yeah until the glazers leave there's not nothing's really going to change but now there's been a lot more media traction than there has been ever before since they took over in, in the mid 2000s and yeah so that's pretty much it for this episode So yeah ultimately if all the issues at united go back up to the top we we i think that will be the common mantra of all of our episodes it'll all go back to the glazers opponent fans will will literally yeah you're blaming the glazers because you're a bad team the team is bad because the recruitment's bad the recruitment's bad because they don't have the money the money is not there because the glazers are taking it all leads back to them I sound like a broken recorder but I we cannot it's it's all down to them if other clubs had owners like this they'd also be they'd also be pulling their hair out it's it's infuriating to think of but that's the way it goes and we all the best case of this the best outcome that could come out of this season is they leave and a consortium or a new ownership that allows united to do what they need to and hopefully get back to go get back to the top and take over world football uh, so yeah guys thank you thank you all for listening to the depressed red reds podcast ayan can't be here for the ending as his laptop died in the middle but special thank you to ayan he this was his first podcast and he did brilliantly 
And another thank you to Tanmay, who's back. He, he missed the last episode due to other commitments. But yeah, he's back now. Thank you for coming, Tanmay. Yeah, uh, it's a pleasure, Rishan. And uh, we, I mean, I, we, we, we love to talk in these situations because we're, talking is the only way where we can... Uh, where we can release all the frustration on <laughs> on each other maybe or on the on the team on talking on the team yeah that's all we can really do and then look forward to probably an, a, a huge game next monday against liverpool of course darwin nunes is he'll miss the game due to suspension so lisandro martinez will be happy that he doesn't have to deal with someone five inches taller than him but yeah, things are looking very, very dark. But all we can do is just hope and pray that we turn up. So yeah, thank just, you for listening to the Depressed Reds podcast. And, just on the end, just on oh, the end note, oh. I'm just saying that uh, there's another player we are linked with again. Uh, Wait, Moises Caicedo is the name on the list for the. You're kidding. Yeah. Okay. Caicedo. Yeah. Did, weren't we supposed yeah. to sign him before Brighton signed him? Yeah, it was supposed to be like that, but it's not. And we are linked with him again. I mean, he's in the list. Fabrizio Romano has just... I mean, Wait, Romano tweeted it. Yeah. Oh, so... Cheeky surprise there at the end of the outro. So, Caicedo someone... I think, yeah, he did end up scoring against us at the Amex last season. I said I was a baller, but yeah, we'll talk about more. We'll yeah. talk more of that uh, on the next episode. And yeah, so thank you for listening to the Depressed Reds podcast. Stay tuned for the next one. See ya.